This is a GRDC podcast. By 2030, Asia's demand for wheat will increase by a further 8 million tonnes, and that offers Australia's wheat industry real opportunities. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. Speaking at the Perth Grains Research Update, the CEO of the Australian Export Grains Innovation Centre, Richard Simonitis, told delegates Australia is well-placed to win a share of the forecast increase in demand. The AGIC CEO said, by increasing supply of wheat suitable for higher value end products, such as bread, Australian growers could secure a share of these fast-growing higher value food sectors while maintaining Australia's strong position and reputation as a supplier of high-quality noodle wheats. Deb Bishop spoke to Richard Simonitis following his presentation. AGIC um, is a not-for-profit company. Our two members are the GRDC and uh, DPIRD, the State Department of Agriculture in Western Australia. And our work covers commercial laboratory services, market analysis, economic analysis and R&D providing the technical support for our markets. So. We're all about value, how can we generate greater grower value for the products that we're placing up into the market. And our IP is the market understanding, the connection to customers, and what are the things that are driving their buying decisions, what is it that they want from Australian wheat, and what can we be doing to improve our options to sell or to get a higher price for our grain, and what does this look like over time. So really. Anywhere that there's customers buying grain from Australia, we'll be there providing the technical support to demonstrate the value proposition in using Australian wheat over another origin. So if we take a bit of a glimpse into the future for the West Australian wheat industry, what are we looking at? Well, I think the key point and the most important point is that the drivers of growth being uh, wealth, urbanisation, convenience, and population growth are all very strong in our markets in Southeast Asia. So by 2030, you know, demand will increase by 8 million tonnes over where we are now. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunity there. The demand side is going to be strong. For us, it's more a choice of what do we do than if it's going to happen or not. So it depends on the decisions we take today. Correct, because what we'll see over that time is that the shape of the demand will change. Our historical strength has been in noodle type products. So we've got uh, wheat which makes a dough which will stretch a long way before it will break, which is great for noodles. It's not as strong as a North American wheat for baking. However, the bread sector is going to grow quicker than the noodle sector and it's higher value. So we need to understand, is that an opportunity we want to try and engage with? Do we want to go and compete for some of that growing market in a higher value market segment. So you say that there are only three ways to compete, essentially price, quality and the service model. Price, you're saying, let's not go there. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, not, let's not win tonnes, win sales because we're the cheapest in the market. Uh, we've got a cost structure that means we're going to lose that. We've already lost that. The Russians and the Ukrainians can grow a tonne of wheat for about 100 bucks, so we can't do that. Quality though? Yes, so quality, um, it's really important to understand what it is that the market is going to be looking for into the future so that we've got time 
to develop the breeding, to engage with the opportunity and the agronomic knowledge to be able to um, present that product to market. So, you know, we can do that. We're clever. We've got good systems. We've got good R&D capacity. Uh, our breeding sector with EPR is a great point of differentiation that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. We can go somewhere where the Russians and the Ukrainians can't come with us because their focus is going to be on yield, not on quality. So Ajax task essentially, what are you looking at increasing the service model so the customer can stay in touch and when the price recovers we can continue with those transactions? Yeah, so right now we know because of the drought on the east coast we've had the most expensive wheat in the world for much of the last couple of years. That will change over time, it will rain, the volumes will recover and when they do we'll be more competitively priced. So really important that until that happens where they're working really hard with the service side of the equation to show the customers here's everything that's great about Australian wheat and here are all the reasons why you used to love buying it, here's some more reasons why you should buy more of it in the future and um, helping them to understand the value in what it is that we can produce here. So is that part of market intelligence that you're talking about there? The key recommendations there, one area, you're saying that we can show them alternative ways to do business. Market information, um, so understanding what the customer really wants, and then education and training to demonstrate the value proposition to the customers. You've mentioned drought. What happens in that projection to 2030 scenario, if, if, if we get another one, for WA, we have an opportunity to perhaps lean into that a bit, don't we? Yes, so our figures are showing, you know, by 2030, population in Australia will increase by 5 million to 30 million people. Um, and through the incremental gains that we're making with the GRDC investment, we'll probably grow another 5 million tonnes you know, over that 10 year time frame annually. Um, and about more than two and a half million of that, more than half will go into domestic consumption because we're eating more pork and chicken and more grain fed beef. Um, so, you know, it'll go into feed there. Um, and for WA, that means that in years when there's volatility in production on the East Coast, the pull for feed grains to service the domestic market, which remember the domestic market is our highest paying and our best market and it's, it's always the first tonnes filled. So you know there is opportunity for Western Australia that when volatility means low production on the east coast and demand is going up, somebody needs to be there to fill the gap and WA and South Australia are really well placed to do that. I think the question that we should be asking is are our growers able to be profitable in what they're producing? Um, and I love you know, the new approach that Steve has introduced at GRDC to focus on profitability over productivity. Um, for us guys who are more connected to the market side, it's exciting for us because it means it brings price into the equation and it brings quality into the equation. Uh, and it puts a focus on there that um, will generate value for growers. You're on the Classification Council of Australia. Do you think that the system still suits what, what we're doing today? I don't think it's broken. Um, all of us on the council accept and understand that we haven't really had any fundamental change post-deregulation 
and a lot of the levers that were in place are no longer there to be pulled. So that means we have to adapt the classification system. Um, how do we make it more agile? How do we make sure that if we can grow something and it has a market, then there's a, a fast and smooth pathway for it to get classified, varieties registered, grown and into the market. So everyone has a role to play here, don't they? I mean, if we're going to seize those opportunities, everybody has a bit of a role to play. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's, you know, there's no AWB driving things anymore. All these things have to happen commercially. So we bring the information back from the customers. The breeders can then use that to position for future market demands. We need a classification system to get the new varieties through. We need to learn how to grow the stuff, so there's a big role for the growers and the ongoing R&D um, there for transformational, if it's a new opportunity like a soft wheat or a bread wheat, but also the incremental gains. Um, we need efficient supply chains that make sure that we don't destroy our quality on their way through and we deliver into the market what we grew in the first place. And then we need our trade to engage with the opportunity to monetize it and allow the free market to distribute that value through the value chain. So to conclude, looking into that glimpse for the future for WA Wheat, where do we sit? Oh, I think, you know, let's play to our strength, make sure we don't lose the noodle market. That's always going to be our, our biggest market, at least with current varieties. There's an opportunity to participate in a higher value bread market. Uh, if we had varieties, if we could grow them, um, it, we know it's higher value, we could be doing something there. And you were saying there, Avon Valley, Salmon Gums? Yeah, so some of, the, some of the stronger soil types with reliable rainfall would be an opportunity to grow a prime hard style of wheat and perhaps get into that baking market, which is higher value. And then in the poorer soils, there's opportunities for a soft wheat to suit the cake and cookie market. Um, which is a low protein market, below 9%. So, you know, for some, for some people that's going to be perfect. If, if we want to do it, if we want to breed for it, if we want to grow that stuff and take some of that market um, off, you know, off USA. And there's also an opportunity for high yielding feed wheat varieties um, in the high rainfall areas where we've still got lots of water to use. We could be taking advantage of yield opportunities there. So some good things ahead in store for us. Some good opportunities, yeah. How, how we go at engaging with them will be a matter of how well we can work as an industry. Richard Simonitis, CEO of the Australian Export Grains Innovation Centre, talking to Deb Bishop. In AGIC's recently produced report, Australian Grains Outlook 2030, is available on AGIC's website and there's a link in this podcast's show notes. I'm Tony Crowley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>